0: Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, podcast that takes comedy pilots from A-list, writers that were sold and developed at networks but never produced, and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. A little asterisk on that description, as you will hear in this episode. But I'm Andrew Reich, the creator and co-host of Dead Pilot Society, along with my co-host Ben Blacker. I say along with, he's not here, but uh, I do this along with him. Uh, oh man... I'm feeling so naive about my intro to the last episode. Roseanne had just been canceled. Uh, first of all, I feel naive because I was just like, you know, this is a big deal in the in our business, the TV business. Not realizing, like, it was a big deal for everybody's business. Everyone cared about that. But I was talking about how this was going to give some underdog pilot that hadn't made it through Upfronts another shot. It's so dumb. Of, of course, They're bringing back Roseanne without Roseanne. That should have been obvious. I've been in show business for so many years, and it's really lame that I didn't see that one coming. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see how the Connors does. Our dead pilot this time is Rob 5000 by Caroline Williams, uh, our asterisk dead pilot. Um... That uh, we'll explain more about that later. Caroline Williams has written on Arrested Development, The Office, Bojack Horseman, Togetherness, Modern Family, Up All Night, many other shows, including the upcoming Maniac, uh, which stars Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. She was also the creator of Misguided with Judy Greer. This is our second robot themed pilot. We had Robot Daughter back at episode 18. I thought it was our third. Uh, then I realized Jet Pacula Was not about a robot Which is a mistake I made in my live interview With Rob Schraub uh, About that one uh, He's from the future He's a vampire He's not a robot So this is just two robot pilots For us here uh, This is a really fresh one We recorded it at our show Just this past Saturday The other two pilots from that show uh, The one by Genji Cohen And the one by Justin Halpern and Patrick Schumacher will be coming your way as uh, the next two episodes. And we'll be back at the Hayworth Theater in September. Follow us on social media for details about the exact date and uh, what uh, pilots we've got cooked up for that one. Our cast for this one, playing Danny was Yael Grogloss from Jane the Virgin, uh, playing Brenda, Aiden Meyery from New Girl, Playing Rob5000 was Jason Ritter from from So Many Things, including many episodes of this podcast. Uh, Richard was played by Justin Kirk from Weeds and Angels in America. Kath, played by a great uh, UCB actress named Lauren Holt. Uh, Playing Todd, Sloppy Guy, Handsome Dude, and Just a Torso, which gives you an idea of what uh, you've got to look forward to in this pilot, From Broad City, John Gemberling, uh, playing Hero, the Silver Fox and a Sexy Voice, Uh, the brilliant voice actor, uh, Phil Lamar, playing Connie, Linda and the Lady was Liz Kakowski, and playing Jen, the Angry Woman, and Linda's Refrigerator, Carrie Wampler. So here is my live interview with Caroline uh, at the Hayworth Theater, followed by the reading of Rob 5000. Followed by a longer interview with Caroline. All that after a brief message.
1: If you want to make ends meet in a hip town, the kind with
2: great coffee, lots of dog parks, you're going to need a side hustle. In Brooklyn, maybe you drive rideshare. In Fairhaven, it's more like... Well, it's more like slaying psychic beasts with your custom-balanced throwing knives. Hey, are you from Hunter? Uh, I guess so. Hold on, I have to ask you some stuff. Are you hurt? No. Do you feel yourself developing strange powers? I mean, I saw a ghost once. Okay, I'm gonna put down no. Okay. So you're having some sort of monster issue. Oh, um, it's like a pod, I guess. Um, here it is. Is is that what
1: you call it? Like like a pod? Yeah, pod works.
3: Oh, it's opening.
1: Morgan leaps back and positions the metal spear she's been carrying on her back. She points it towards the bug, which swipes the spear away just as an electrical
2: bolt fires from the tip. It hits the gate to a petting zoo, and a bunch of baby goats come streaming out. Can we just take a moment to appreciate how cute this is? It's great. I hope someone's filming it. Oh my god. Just love baby goats. Bubble. The sci-fi comedy from MaximumFun.org. Just open your podcast app and search for Bubble.
0: Uh, we're going to be hearing Rob 5000, yes. um, this pilot was, we were going to read at the very, very first Dead Pilot Society, back yes. then it was called Busted Pilots Club before we came up with the, the, the good name, um, <laughs> and you chickened out.
1: I did, I chickened <laughs> out and I, and I think in the back of my head I thought like, it, it might still sell. And then, it did not. So... <laughs> so enough time there, passed. Here we are. I came back to you, because I
0: love this script. Yeah. Um, so, tell me, where where the idea for this? I guess, do you want to give a logline? Do you want me to sure. come up with... Give a logline for this. It's,
1: it's basically two girls who buy a robot boyfriend. And I always loved uh, Romy and Michelle. It's one of my favorite movies. And... There was an episode of um, HBO's Real Sex that (laughs) that featured um, uh, a company that makes like I don't even know how to say this appropriately, but like sex dolls for men, and they're very lifelike. And I just thought it was very interesting that there's never been an industry of sex dolls for women, and I think it's because we don't want one. But (laughs) There, and the, then the idea was ultimately, like, well, if there was one, maybe we wouldn't want to have sex with it. And then what would we want to do with it? So I kind of... That's that's where it came from.
0: Um, so this one... <laughs> I, I should say, so... Dead Pilot Society, well, the thing I say at the beginning of the episode is these are... Uh, Pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at Networks, but never shot. Uh, in this, this case... This was
1: never sold, shot, or developed.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found out a couple days ago that this was never sold, which I didn't know. So we're breaking our rules for this one, but I think it's worth it. So what, So you obviously tried to sell it.
1: I did. I mean, I, I sort of tried. I pitched it... Um, a couple times and then sort of I'm not that great in front of a crowd and so halfway you have sort of pitches lined up and halfway through I was like nah I'm done <laughs> <So> <laughs> I, I, was, I was out and so it's possible it could have sold but my gut was sort of like maybe this this isn't um, ready or I, yeah I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure and th- there's also something to the to the fact that if you don't fully try, then in the back of your mind, you can always think, well, it would have. It would have sold. <laughs> Whereas if you go the whole nine yards and you fail, then you're just like, oh failure. <laughs> but the possibility still exists in my mind that so you, one of you will buy it. we
0: <laughs> have <laughs> got lots of network heads in the, in the yeah. audience. So, um, so you so wrote like, it on spec. So you, you, I you, did, you, yes. You pitched it a few places and then you Bailed and, and just, yes, and just wrote I wrote it.
1: it. I wrote it. On, I wrote it on spec and then pitched it. And the the yeah this, the writing process was basically I was, I was visibly pregnant. It's kind of hard to to staff in that state. And so you know my husband is a writer as well, and I gave him a list of, of possible titles that I would do a pilot about, and he just said robot boyfriend is the one. So, <laughs> I picked that one and. And I, 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 I still like it so. Oh,
0: I love it! I cannot. And who knows?
1: It, I, it's been a it's been a few years. You know, my child that was here is now like here. So, <laughs> who knows?
0: Well, great. Well, I'm excited. Uh, let's let's bring out the cast. You get to hear it for the first time. Yeah.
1: Thank you guys for having me. This is very nice of you. <laughs> thank you, everybody. <laughs>
0: Thanks, Carolyn. This is Rob 5000, written by Caroline Williams. We're exterior a San Jose backyard. A garden party is in progress. The crowd mingles under a banner that reads, Congratulations, Todd and Jen. Off to the side are Brenda and Danny. Brenda wears a dark, heavy blazer. Danny wears a floral dress that is simultaneously too loose and too tight, like a breast might pop out at any moment. (laughs) She turns to Brenda.
2: Thanks for coming with me. This is harder than I thought. How could Todd have moved on already? He's a bastard who cheated on you. I really love him. (laughs) You could still get him back. The wedding isn't until Saturday.
0: In the background, we see strange things happening. An older woman kisses an outrageously younger man, and the barbecue chef keeps smiling even after his hand catches fire.
2: (laughs) Have you noticed something weird at this party? Like, with the guys? Yeah. They're not hitting on us. Yeah, that is weird. Are we the only people here without dates? Ugh. It's because we're old. We're 27. 2-7. That's old. Aren't you 31? Guys are disgusting.
0: <laughs> An attractive couple approach Todd and Jen.
4: Brenda, Danny, you came. I'm so glad we can all be friends. Are you here alone?
2: Um, where did he? (laughs) You know you can bring dates to the wedding. I have a boyfriend, but he won't be able to make it. He's busy.
5: (laughs) He sounds great. (laughs) He
2: He is.
5: What about you, Danny? I mean, I hope you found someone understanding. Todd told me about, you know, it sounds painful.
2: (laughs) Well, thanks, Todd. Like, those infections were all my fault. (laughs)
5: No, no, he told me you have low
2: self-esteem. Oh, yes, I do.
0: (laughs) We're in Brenda's car later. Brenda's car is a piece of shit.
2: (laughs) Danny lights up a cigarette. That was embarrassing. It wasn't that bad, and I'm not just saying that because I have a boyfriend. God, you're so lucky. I know, but it's hard work. He wants me to run an errand for him right now. Well, yeah, he is your boss. (laughs) Yeah. What do you have to do? Get flowers for his wife. Oh, when is he going to leave her? I told you he can't leave her because she's bulimic. It's sad. <laughs> that is sad.
0: They stop at a light next to a gas station where a handsome man sucks on a gas pump nozzle while his bored, girl- bored girlfriend waits in the car. We go to a fancy restaurant later. An attractive middle-aged couple share dessert. This is Richard and Linda. Brenda approaches Linda with a big bouquet of flowers.
5: Brenda, what are you doing here? <laughs> Are those flowers for me?
0: Happy birthday, honey. (laughs) Richard and Linda kiss. Brenda just stands there watching. It's awkward. Finally, Richard looks up.
3: Uh, That'll be all, Brenda. I'll see you at the office tomorrow.
0: Brenda exits. As she goes, she passes a man on a date, eating strangely. There's nothing on his plate or in his mouth, but he's enthusiastically pretending. We go to Brenda and Danny's apartment later that night. It's cheap and cluttered. Brenda and Danny are too old to live here. They watch TV. Danny's eating chips. Brenda's on her laptop. Her phone buzzes loudly.
2: Is that your phone? Ugh, it's my mom. She wants me to visit my dad in the hospital, but he just lies there. (laughs) It's too painful. I'm sorry. That's hard. Do you think Todd told Jen that I have huge lopsided nipples? Definitely not. No, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) What are you working on? I'm checking Linda's Twitter to see if she says anything about tonight. And? Nothing all day, except for just now she posted a link to a charity that provides women in Africa with small business loans or something. (sighs) Poor Linda. She's so sad.
0: (laughs) Suddenly the front door opens to reveal a third roommate, Kath. Kath is with a date.
2: See? I told you it was a dump. Thank God I have my own room. Those are my roommates. I would be shocked if they went anywhere. Yeah, not really tonight. I'm really busy with this. Okay, well, have fun with no guys, ever.
0: Kath drags her date into her room and slams the door.
2: <laughs> Kath is such a bitch. Yeah, and a slut. I hate sluts. Me too. But I do wish we had a bunch of random guys here to have sex with us. I feel like a loser. <laughs> You're not a loser. You're in acting class. As soon as you get... You're going to get so famous, and then Todd's going to be so sorry. Yeah, that's true. And I went to Stanford. Yeah! Until that professor dumped you, and you stopped showering, and your parents put you in a mental institution. I didn't value myself back then, but that's all changed now. I'm an assistant to a very prestigious lawyer at a soon-to-be international law firm. And you shower almost every week. Day. Every day.
0: Thumps and giggles come from Kath's room. Brenda stares at Kath's door while Danny turns up the volume on the TV. It's a late-night cable commercial, and we're in the commercial where a happy couple sit on a porch swing. They're both 30-something and blonde. They cuddle as a male voice asks, Are you lonely?
4: Awkward? Depressed?
0: The couple kiss.
4: Overweight? Bored? A shut-in?
0: The couple kiss again.
4: Then maybe it's time you treated yourself to a gentleman robot.
0: The lady turns to the camera and winks.
5: Don't tell anyone, but he's a rob.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, the voiceover man steps into frame. He's wearing a lab coat and is totally bald.
4: Hi, I'm Ivan Frank, CEO of Gentleman Robots, and I created
0: this technology just for you. We're in the robot factory. A row of guys pass by on an assembly line. Some have exposed wires.
4: The latest robs are designed to meet all of your gentleman robot needs. No two are exactly alike.
0: Each guy has a distinct look: army guy, outdoorsman, business.
4: <laughs> New models are almost entirely flame retardant. Words.
0: Words flash on screen. Not the hands.
4: And they still run. And they still run on easy to find rob biofuel, also known as gas.
0: We see the Robs in action, biking with a female companion, sailing with a male companion, sucking on a gas pump nozzle.
4: You can even download your latest apps to customize your Rob with made-to-order GPS, Wi-Fi, and Pandora.
0: We're in a rest home. A silver fox sings to an elderly woman. Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? We're... Exterior, nice house. We're back to Ivan and the couple.
4: The best part is that gentlemen robots look, feel, and sound exactly like
0: real people.
5: So nobody will ever know the truth, except for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they all smile and laugh as a crawl along the bottom of the screen says, Now circumcised, Tra- traditional and urban. Open 24 hours. And we go back to Brenda and Danny's apartment.
2: People who buy those are pathetic. Desperate and pathetic. Sad weirdos who can like only relate to porn. Yeah, but not like fun porn, gross porn. Those people will never have meaningful relationships in real life. Never. And that's what matters. But I bet Richard would leave his wife if he ever saw you with another guy. He would definitely be jealous. And I bet Todd would regret everything if you were at the wedding with someone else. Yeah. Too bad we're not desperate and pathetic enough to get robs. Hmm. I know. <laughs> unless... Unless it was just temporary. Yeah, to make Todd and Richard jealous. Or to meet my parents. Or to give us compliments on our faces and bodies and life choices. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad neither of us can afford one. <laughs> unless...
0: We go to Brenda's car. Brenda drives fast and furious.
2: Okay, we split everything 50-50, all costs and expenses. You get him on odd days, I get him on evens, and we alternate de- date nights. Yes, and we're going to have so much sex with him. Danny, no! Neither of us are going to have sex with him. That's disgusting. No, I know. I was joking. Okay, well, <laughs> we're just we're, we're using him to get Richard and Todd, and then once that happens, we, we sell him, and then this is just going to change everything for us forever.
0: And we go to the Gentleman Robot Store. It's a glass-fronted showroom where Robs of various age, race, and style are seated on labeled platforms. We see Rob XLT, Rob 750, and limited edition Hip Hop Rob. (laughs) The space is eerily quiet as the girls enter.
4: Maybe
2: they're not open.
4: After midnight is actually our busiest time. Welcome to Gentleman Robots.
0: It's Ivan Frank, the spokesman from the commercial. Same lab coat, still bald. How can I provide you ladies with excellent service?
2: Well, we're looking for... Um,
5: Just
0: then, a car screeches up to the curb outside. An angry woman gets out and drags a limp, unkept, sloppy guy into the store.
5: This one is defective.
0: Just one more sip.
5: Keep your fucking <laughs> refund.
0: She, drops, she drives off, leaving her drunk rob in a heap on the floor.
5: I'm fine.
4: Is there a chevron around here? Or a mobile? <laughs>
0: Suddenly, he vomits clear brown liquid all over himself.
4: Excuse me, ladies, while I take
0: care of this. Ivan drags the sloppy guy into the back room. Let's go. Yeah,
2: let's go. We're really pretty. This is for other people.
0: Wait!
4: Wait, 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 wait. That was just a glitch in an older model. You see, they have had an addictive reaction to their own fuel, but that never happens anymore.
0: Danny stares at a hip-hop rob who is lifting weights.
2: I guess it doesn't hurt to look. I mean, if the technology is so revolutionary, how come you only make men?
4: Great question. Uh, You see, sentience can only be achieved with a chemical reaction to testosterone, but there is
0: a female in beta. He points to a platform entirely encased in plexiglass. Inside, a very muscular woman glares and cracks her knuckles. A sign says, coming soon, Bethany.
2: She doesn't look
0: very... Bam! Bethany punches the glass. They all (laughs) jump back.
4: Don't worry. It's bulletproof, but never mind that. I can tell you ladies have very specific needs. Yeah, we do. Let me guess. I'm going to say a glistening tan, a fit but natural physique. No, no.
2: This isn't about looks for I mean, we do care a little.
4: People can be pretty shallow. We're
2: not like that.
4: I knew it was right to have faith in you, too. I've got the perfect guy. You're going to love him. Rob450.
0: He leads them to a slightly nerdy guy reading a book. Like Ivan, this man is bald.
2: I'm thinking maybe like too like he's too serious. Yeah, yeah or he's a, he's a little. Uh, it's 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 almost like he, he feels like he's like missing. You something. Know, maybe he needs like a, a hat. Right, it's because right.
4: he's bald.
2: <laughs> no, what? no, not, not at, at all. No, no. Not. we're not like that. He's our
4: smartest, very witty. Huh. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but just out of curiosity, why why, why would you make a model specifically without...
4: He did come with hair, but sadly it fell out. (laughs) The Rob technology is always evolving.
2: Well, this has been very informative, but I just don't see... Hey,
0: girls. (laughs) They look up. A tall, well-built hipster is smiling from a nearby display. He's stylish, but also strapping.
2: We'll take that one.
4: Oh, sure. Rob the Excelsior. Top of the line. Okay. Um, I just have to have some release forms and a credit check. Oh, we
2: were hoping to pay cash. Ah,
4: Okay. What exactly is your budget?
0: And we go to the back room. Ivan leads Brenda and Danny into the back where less appealing robs slouch or sleep amongst crates and boxes. <laughs> they have bad hair, bad skin, and sports sandals. <laughs> One guy is just a torso.
4: Here you'll know, find our, our markdowns, manufacturer defects, a few one-offs that never sold.
2: We don't have much wiggle room with the price. Like, what are our options?
0: The torso reaches up.
4: <laughs> well, hello there. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, we... Thank you, torso. We do have a barely used Rob 5000.
2: Oh, 5000, that's a high number. That sounds very, very promising, yeah.
0: In a corner is a large box, Ivan dons gloves and goggles. In case of leaking, backsplash, you know, what have you. <laughs> the girls step away as he opens the box to reveal Rob 5000, identical to the guy from the commercial, but with brown hair. Hi, I'm Rob. It's great to meet you. As promised, Rob looks and sounds completely human. Ugh. He's wearing a polo shirt and he has a sweet smile.
2: He's like 40. <laughs> He's, he's not that bad. What, was he in the commercial? Well, this
4: one has brown hair. He's 36.
2: Really? I would have guessed a solid, like, 45. <laughs> like, we want someone who's in our league. We, mm-hmm. we don't want Richard and Todd to think we're slumming. What was wrong with him? Like, why didn't he sell?
4: This model was calibrated way too sensitive. If he knows you like flowers, you'll get the flowers until you never want to see flowers again.
6: You guys like flowers? <laughs>
4: It's not what women want. He's
2: dressed like a dork.
4: He can cook. Egg, dishes, salad, and he learns quickly. You only have to show him something once. Or you could take your chances with a real guy.
0: I'm single. Maybe you want to grab coffee?
2: Okay, hang on.
0: Brenda pulls Danny aside.
2: Okay. Okay. Richard and Todd aren't giving us anything, and our careers are for shit. Something has to change. You know, I, I wouldn't say for shit, okay? But yeah, you're right. Look, if I have to get one more sad, awkward coffee, I'll blow my fucking brains out. No offense.
0: None taken. <laughs> Rob looks super excited. <laughs> Thank
2: you guys so much. Okay, wait. One more thing. Nobody can ever know that we bought a robot. No, no, never, ever, ever.
4: A robot acceptance among the general public is actually growing. No! No!
2: People who buy these are perverts, like unsightly perverts with herpes. Yeah, but not like regular person herpes that aren't like that bad, but but real bad herpes. (laughs) Right. Rob, you are a shameful secret. I know from personal experience that's a heavy burden. Are you sure you can handle... He won't
0: be sorry. (laughs) Okay. He envelops them in a huge hug. They already look sorry. In Brenda's car, Brenda drives home as the sun comes up. Rob is in the back seat. Danny turns on the radio and looks back at him.
2: So what, what kind of music do you like?
6: Oh, all kinds. My last owner liked Shania Twain. She sings a song about an unfaithful man that you wouldn't believe. His boots were under another woman's bed. I can sing it for you. That's okay.
2: Your last owner sounds nice. She
6: was, Christine. Really pretty and smart. She was an architect, and she didn't mean to be rude, but she wanted me out of her fucking house right away because she really needed some goddamn space.
2: Right. Yeah, well, I'm an actress, and Brenda's a legal assistant. I went to Stanford. Wow, Stanford. I didn't graduate from high school. That's great, too. Don't, don't worry, Rob. We're going to be very clear so that you won't get confused about what we want. We're just using you to make some assholes jealous. Okay. But we're still going to treat you with respect. Oh, that's all right. You don't need to. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do, Rob. You have to demand respect or people are going to treat you like an old rag they'll just use when their other rags are dirty. Repeat after me. I'm not asking for respect. I'm taking it. I'm not asking
6: for respect, I'm taking it.
2: Brenda learned a lot of positive affirmations after her breakdown.
6: I broke down once. It was due to a silicone ion battery malfunction.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine was stress. Kind of about not living up to my potential. Of course, that's all changed now. We'll show everyone that we're not broken, and we never were. Yeah, but, but no matter what... We are not having sex with you. Like, don't even think about coming into my room at night unexpected with gruff instructions. Never, ever, ever. That's disgusting.
0: <laughs> we go to Brenda and Danny's apartment. The girls enter with Rob to find Kath watching TV in her underwear.
2: Where have you guys been? And who's that? Hi,
6: I'm Rob. He's my, my boyfriend.
2: He's Danny's boyfriend. We just picked him up at the airport. Rob, that's funny. Like... One of those creepy robot people. You know, actually, it's short for Roberto. He's from Spain. He doesn't have an accent. No accent? accent. Is no problem. Oh. <laughs> um.
4: <laughs>
2: Rob, this is Kath. We met in acting class. Maybe I'll take Rob with me to class today. I need a new scene partner.
6: Oh, I don't know anything about acting, it's not in my skills.
2: This is San Jose. Nobody's good. Except maybe Jen. She's great. Really, really talented. Yeah, okay, she's not that good. Well,
0: (laughs) We go to a small theater. It's acting class. Among the dozen or so students are Kath, Todd, and Jen. On stage, Danny and Rob perform a scene from The Notebook. Danny overacts, but Rob isn't bad.
2: Why didn't you write me? Why? It wasn't over for me. I waited for you for seven years. Seven years! Now it's too
6: late. I wrote you letters. I wrote you every day for a year. (laughs) You wrote me? Yes! Using some sort of notebook. You... It wasn't over. But... It still isn't over.
0: He takes her in his arms and passionately kisses her. A sleazy acting teacher stands to applaud.
4: Unbelievable. Class, what did you think? It was okay. No. It was transcendent.
0: (laughs) Danny looks victorious at this reaction from Todd. We go to a law office. Brenda's boss, Richard, sits behind a massive desk as Brenda enters with a file.
2: Richard, I printed out the final proposal in Japanese and English along with a reference chart of combined clients.
3: You were late today. I
2: know. I'm sorry. You
3: are sorry. Sorry and bad and filthy. Uh Uh-oh, I seem to have spilled my bowl of decorative marbles.
0: He empties a bowl of glass marbles onto the floor. Her face immediately brightens.
2: (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What a mess. <laughs> I better clean that right up.
0: She eagerly gets on all fours in front of him,
3: with your mouth. Really? Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mmm. Four marble. <laughs> so
0: dirty. <laughs> she takes she takes marbles off the floor and places them in her mouth.
3: I like your dress. What kind of addresses that.
2: It's a blue dress with long sleeves.
3: Sure is.
2: Thank you.
3: <laughs> Thank you uh, for getting Linda those flowers. Oh, there's one.
0: She puts the marble in her mouth.
2: How How is Linda? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Not good she uh, caught a bad angle in the mirror and she binged
2: oh i'm so sorry no it's
3: my fault i i should have never ordered that fudge
0: he looks away she gets up to put a hand on his shoulder
2: how can i help
3: well you could come with me to the merger party tonight linda can't go all she wants to do is stay
0: home and vomit i need you Brenda spits out the marbles.
2: I can come, yeah, I can come. I have a date, I'll just have to bring him.
3: A date, what What date? You've never had a, a date before.
2: Mm-hmm. I do tonight, I'll introduce you. Okay. But, I mean, if things get hectic at the party, we could always send him home.
3: And maybe sneak away to the bathroom?
2: Maybe, we'll see
0: we're in downtown San Jose. After acting class, the students file out and Danny finds Rob.
2: Nice work, you can really act.
0: Thanks, I think because I'm sensitive, I pick up on subtle but important. Yeah,
2: so Todd wants to talk. <laughs> He's having doubts about Jen and we're going for coffee, so go do something else. Like, like what? Yeah, whatever you want.
6: Uh, uh what do I want?
2: I, I don't know, go get a hamburger.
6: Human food rots my circuits, but if you like romantic dinners, I'm great at mock eating.
2: No! no, no. Mm, nom, <laughs> nom, Stop! Nom, Rob, here's a 20. Go, go see a movie. I'll find you after to meet up with Brenda.
0: She shoves him down the street toward an old movie theater. The marquee reads, Enter the Ninja and Howard's End. We're in an upscale hotel that night. The lobby bar is filled with men in business suits. Richard is standing with Yoshi and Hiro. A nervous Brenda enters in a black gown. She's way overdressed.
2: Hello, Richard.
3: Brenda, this is Yoshi and Hiro. Uh, As you know, their firm in Tokyo is interested in acquiring a stateside partner. Brenda is one of our most promising and, dare I say, most lovely associates.
0: Yoshi and Hiro speak to each other in Japanese. Yoshi says her dress is lovely indeed.
3: What kind of a dress is that?
2: It's a a black dress with short sleeves. Sure is. Thank you, thank you.
3: Where's uh, your date?
6: Hi, I'm Rob.
3: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) you're uh, older than I thought you'd be. Or what I mean is I'm not that much older than you. Not that that matters. so, So what do you do? He's
2: a doctor, you know? Most recently he was operating on the deformed children in Spain. Right, Rob?
6: They may be small and ugly, but their little hearts beat the same as yours and mine.
0: <laughs> Brenda looks, p- looks proud until Rob turns to Yoshi and Hiro and speaks in a stilted monotone. And
6: good day to you, fellow ninjas.
0: <laughs> he sounds like an old, badly dubbed kung fu movie. It's obviously offensive, but Rob has no idea. I offer greetings, but treat me with dishonor, and I will respond in kind. Everyone is frozen as Rob strikes a fighting pose and accidentally hits a passing waitress. Her tray spills all over Yoshi.
3: Ah, Yoshi-san, are you okay?
2: Rob, Rob, what the hell was that? It was from the movie.
0: Rob's hand is bent backwards. Brenda covers it.
2: Okay, just wait for me outside.
0: On his way out, Rob places his good hand on Yoshi's throat.
6: You have vanquished me, Yoshi-san, but I will return to avenge my... Rob, Stop!
0: (laughs) Rob slinks off as Brenda joins Richard, who is wiping down Yoshi's pants. She grabs a napkin and frantically wipes.
2: Richard, I am so sorry. Things are different in Spain. I don't know. We'll
3: discuss it at the office.
2: Or we could discuss it now. Maybe we could get a room.
3: At the office, Brenda.
2: Okay, forget the room. We'll just sneak away to the bathroom and do the... Actually,
3: I will be going to the bathroom, but not with you.
0: (laughs) He heads off. Leaving Brenda to wipe down Yoshi's pants by herself. Yoshi and Hiro confer in Japanese, then... Don't worry. We don't hold you responsible for your friend's ignorance. And Yoshi will go to the bathroom with you. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Oh, no. oh no. We're exterior... The gentleman robot store and interior Brenda's car later. Brenda's car screeches up to the curb with Rob in the passenger seat. She leans across him to open the door. Get
2: out! What? Danny and I
6: are better off alone. Nobody is better off alone. That's why robs were invented. People need someone to share their hopes and
2: dreams. No, and... no, they don't. In ancient times, if people were lonely, they would just dig a hole in the ground and talk to it, and it was fine. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I can be your hole. I should have known. I should have known this wouldn't work. The, the hospital said what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, but you know what? It only makes you weak and pathetic and... Stunning? Old! I'm 31, and I'm a failure. You are proof that I failed. I know it, and my parents know it, and Richard knows it, and I'm no better than sad Linda. Now please just leave. Just go away.
0: Rob steps out of the car, and Brenda drives off. He waves goodbye, but his broken hand is backwards, (laughs) so he waves to himself. (laughs) We're at Brenda and Danny's apartment. Brenda enters to find Kath and Danny watching TV on the couch.
2: Where have you been? Who cares? Richard hates me. Maybe you should take a shower. Where's Rob? I returned him.
0: Brenda clocks Kath, watching them.
2: To the airport. You took Danny's boyfriend to the airport? Danny, aren't you pissed? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty effing pissed.
0: Danny pulls Brenda into the kitchen, and they whisper fight.
2: Todd said that if I show up with Rob to the wedding, he won't be able to go through with it, and that's exactly what I wanted. I'm sorry, but it shouldn't take Rob to satisfy her every want and need. He won't validate you professionally or visit your dad in the hospital or make love to you. I already had sex with him. What? When? It's been a day! Yeah, remember when I was trying on your boots.
0: And we go to a flashback. Brenda passes a closet door. Inside, Danny breathes heavily. She sounds like she's exerting herself. Oh
2: yeah, that's a tight fit.
0: And we I... go. And we go back to the scene.
2: I knew you couldn't wear a seven, and you are not allowed in the walk-in closet ever again. Fine. It was totally worth it. He said my nipples were exquisite. Nobody cares about your nipples. I think we're certain tops. Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Rob needed to leave. It's for the best. How do you know? Look, you, you may have briefly gone to college, but we're sure as shit in the same boat now, and I definitely don't need you telling me what's for the best. In fact, I don't need you at all. Can I borrow your car?
0: we go to the Gentleman Robot Store. Danny enters to find the store in disarray. The platforms are empty, the lights are off, and Bethany's display case is cracked open. <laughs> Ivan sweeps trash into empty boxes.
2: What's going on? Are you closed? Uh, not by choice. What happened?
4: Well, to be honest, there were some issues with the Rob 5000. His extra sensitivity made him slightly more humanoid than the other models, and... Apparently, there was an incident in Florida where in the heat of passion, well, rape rape slash murder, he killed like five people. It was a bloodbath.
2: We owned a robot that rapes and kills people?
4: No, 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 no. Same model, but the units are different. It's like when cars are recalled. Probably nothing will happen to yours, so just don't park on a hill.
2: Oh, my God. What if he comes back?
4: Legally, he must be surrendered to police, but I would just skip the middleman and take him to one of those industrial underground dumps.
2: A landfill?
4: Exactly. Go to the edge and just give him a shove.
2: You sold lonely people a human-like companion who may or may not be a wildly dangerous person, and then, when it starts thinking for itself, we're supposed to bury it alive? Well, Well? What is wrong
0: with you?
4: Maybe we could grab a coffee and I can explain?
0: But Danny has already left. We're at Richard's house. Brenda's in the bushes outside the kitchen. On the other side of the window is Richard's wife, Linda. She opens the refrigerator and it emits a recorded voice.
4: Hello, Linda, bon appetit.
0: Linda closes the refrigerator, then opens it again.
4: Hello, Linda, bon appetit.
0: This happens a few more times. Open shut, open shut, Brenda looks mesmerized. Suddenly her phone buzzes and she picks up, scurrying away from the window.
2: Mom, I'm busy.
0: And we intercut with a hospital room. Brenda's mother, Connie, is on the phone. Behind her is an older man in a hospital bed. He looks asleep.
5: Where are you? You sound funny.
2: I'm in a bush.
5: Okay, well... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, uh, I just want to make sure you're coming to your father's birthday party next week. Of
2: course I am.
5: Oh, will you please bring Richard? We're so excited to meet him. That might be difficult. (sighs) All your father wants is to see you happy, honey. You owe him that much.
2: He's dying. I know, Mom. He's been dying for nine years and he can't see us or hear us. Well, the doctor told me that sometimes people
5: can't let go until they know their children are settled. They hang on for years and
2: suffer. So dad is suffering and wants to die, but he can't because I'm still single.
5: Well, when you say it like that, it sounds awful. But yes. We just worry about you. You're alone.
2: You don't have to worry about me, Mom. I'm not alone.
0: We go to the exterior of the hotel, a Marriott near the San Jose airport. Danny sits outside in a nice dress, nervously smoking. Brenda approaches in her blazer.
2: I thought you weren't coming. I wasn't. But it's true what you said about self-respect. I need Todd to see that he didn't break me. Well, I'm not letting you go by yourself. Why should I go anywhere with you? Because I'm your best friend. What matters in real life with is what matters is real life with real people. You said that yourself.
0: Danny just looks at her. After a beat, she stubs out her cigarette. In the interior of the hotel ballroom, pink and white flowers decorate everything in sight. Danny and Brenda eat cake while wedding guests pile onto the dance floor with the bride and groom.
2: Todd looks handsome. He looks okay. But trust me, you dodged a bullet. Yeah. Yeah, I'd much rather be sitting here with you.
0: Just then, two handsome dudes approach. We recognize one from acting class. Both girls sit up straighter.
4: Hey, Danny. Your scene in class was really good. I never realized how hot you were. You want to dance? Okay.
0: Danny leaves. Brenda smiles hopefully at the second handsome dude. She has has frosting on her face.
2: I went to Stanford.
0: The The guy walks off. Brenda sits alone until... May I have this dance? It's Rob in a suit, holding out his hand.
6: What are you doing here? I told Danny I would be here, and I'm a man of my word. It's programmed.
2: <laughs> well, she's fine. Whatever you did really boosted her confidence.
0: They look at the dance floor, where Danny is grinding on the handsome dude.
6: I'm sorry about your party. I, I hope things aren't over with Richard.
2: They never are.
6: Does that mean we can be friends?
2: Well... You're a bucket of random mechanical parts, but I've been in a mental institution, so I guess it's a push. How's your hand?
6: Uh, I'm pretty sure it hurts.
2: Just let me see.
0: He reaches out. Suddenly, Kath, wasted, and her new date walked by.
2: You again? What about Spain?
0: Oh,
6: right, the the children. Uh, They don't have
2: arms, but they can still hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you are. I've known all along. Okay, can we do this another time? He's a prostitute! (laughs) I've seen them on Craigslist under massage. She
0: explains to her date.
2: All I wanted was a massage.
6: (laughs) (laughs) You know... If being a prostitute means meeting someone who finally treats you with respect and doing whatever it takes to repay their kindness, then yes, I am a prostitute. But I refuse to allow you to soil the good name of this incredible woman.
2: Rob, you don't have to do this. Yes, I do.
6: You don't ask for respect, Brenda. You take it. Uh. Excuse us, dance. Uh, Excuse us, (laughs) calf.
0: We were about to dance. Rob leads Brenda onto the dance floor.
2: If that hooker comes back to our house, I am moving out.
1: Fuck off, Kath. Okay.
0: (laughs) Rob and Brenda start to dance. A slow song plays.
2: Wow, my life is so embarrassing. (laughs) All this time I've been living in a fog of self-delusion.
6: I've been in a cardboard box by the freeway.
2: (laughs) I guess guess you... (laughs) I guess you could have Kath's room. It might be nice to have a guy around for once.
6: Really? I don't have any money.
2: That's okay. Maybe you could come with me to my dad's birthday party at the hospital. He's dying.
6: That sounds great. I'd love to.
0: (laughs) Danny is passing by with an unlit cigarette in her mouth.
2: Danny, where are you going? I'm meeting that guy in the stairwell. He wants to smoke. (laughs) Do you have a light? No, but you need to quit. And Rob's back. He's moving in. Are you kidding? He'll murder us.
0: Rob steps in and lights Danny's cigarette with a flame that flicks out of his thumb.
2: Yeah, fine, okay, you can stay.
0: Danny heads off as Rob and Brenda resume dancing. Suddenly, the pocket of her blazer starts to buzz. She takes out her phone. The caller is Richard. She presses, decline. They keep dancing. End of show. Well, Adam, we're still putting out the Greatest Discovery podcast while we wait for season two. What are we doing with these episodes? We've uh, talked to a whole bunch of interesting people like the Wall Street Journal's Ben Fritz and MaximumFun.org's own Danielle Radford. We're kind of using this time to find ways to entertain ourselves and you while we wait for the next season.
4: So catch yourself up with Star Trek Discovery and join us Tuesday on the Greatest Discovery on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: So you heard Rob 5000 for the first time.
1: Yes. Thoughts? Ever. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed the experience of doing the live reading, and I wanted to thank you again for that, because it was something I would never have otherwise heard, and it was more fun than I thought. I thought it would be sort of really stressful i had a bottle of jack daniels in my purse and my husband was like what are you doing i was i don't even remember talking to you on stage (laughs) it was so scary and then to see it with these great actors was just oh like oh this is fun why was i so freaked out it was a great it was a great experience, so thank you.
0: Oh, okay. good. It was really worth it. That's what we're in it for. Yeah. Um, so we talked a little bit, even though you don't remember, but we did talk a little bit yeah, before the reading about you know, where the idea came from. Um, and I guess I want to go back and ask you, because this wasn't your first pilot. You, you know, you're, right. you've written other pilots. And yeah. the first was the first pilot that you wrote misguided?
1: Yes. So that was that was my sample to get an agent. So I had just finished, maybe within a few years, had finished grad school at UCLA, where, um, and you know, you kind of write something that is going to be your sample to get an agent, and that misguided was mine. And Sue Nagel at U, was at UTA at the time and read it, and it all sort of happened from there. It sold. There was a there was a period of a year where it had sold, and then. I got staffed on the office, and so it wasn't clear what was going to happen to it in that year. And then, so I was I was on the office for season three, and it sort of the beginning of season four, misguided got picked up, which was it was like um, I guess in the mid season, so it was off uh, off cycle. But that's sort of how it happened.
0: So you, but when you wrote that script, yeah, what was your you really had not had you written like specs of other shows or
1: um well I had written plays as a I was a a playwright as an undergrad and I had a I had a play after after college I had a play at this festival called a short play at this festival called the Humana Festival and that kind of got me thinking of wanting to do more than just plays and then I started messing around with different ideas of stuff I wanted to write about and in grad school was where they sort of hammered into you, you know, right from your own experience. It was grad
0: school for? For film. For film, okay.
1: And it was, and, well, write, screenwriting, and it was more geared toward the business because obviously it was here in LA and I felt like, you know, I wanted to write about my own experience. And I don't like talking about myself or writing autobiographical things. So it was a way to talk about my high school experience without doing something about myself. So I made it about this guidance counselor. But
0: Okay, so your very first pilot you ever write gets, goes to series. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. Yeah, it was
1: weird because at the time I had no idea that that... May never happen again. So it was, on one hand, really exciting, but maybe should have been more exciting. I was kind of like so naive. I didn't know, and I, you know, one of the reasons I don't like doing, um, I I just don't like a lot of attention. But I I did (laughs) randomly did uh, like two interviews around that time, and if I go back and read them, they're just it's just so. I just seem like so clueless and and dumb like <laughs> it's so weird to me to think now had i that experience today i would have handled it so differently but i guess that's i mean part of it is like oh well i was young and stupid yeah. and it was fun and
0: yeah you know and all, no
1: regrets for sure
0: we all still stay a little bit young and stupid you have to yeah like, you and, have
1: to or you'll yeah. never do anything
0: yeah so then what was so once that happened What was the next pilot after that?
1: The next pilot... There was a couple of um, blind scripts, you know, that were... Gosh, you know what? I don't even remember what (laughs) they were, but they were... Oh, God, yeah, I do. And, like, some of them were terrible. And, you know, ultimately, whenever I was trying to write toward, like obviously i'm sure people say this all the time but whenever you're trying to write toward what the industry wants it always ends up feeling inauthentic and and is bad <laughs> so like if i went back and read some of those pilots i would be so embarrassed by the by that they weren't not that they were boring or that they were lame
0: that they were lame, needy. That they weren't,
1: yeah needy <laughs> like the desperation factor would be so high it would be Terrible. I, I make a point of not reading old stuff for that reason.
0: Because I guess I'm wondering, because you know, it feels like Rob 5000 did not, you weren't doing that.
1: No, yes. I had, uh, yeah, I'd staffed on, a, on, on some shows and I think with Rob 5000 I was pregnant or, yeah, I was pregnant. And it's, you know, I wanted to just do something for me that was fun. I think the best part, writing is so hard and when you add expectation on it, it just makes it just miserable so this was sort of like well I'm not actually going to probably sell this I'll just write something that I want to write about and the idea wasn't even like that that profound it was more just like okay here's something that I think I can write about and I just went with it it wasn't like wow this is a great idea for a show it was more (laughs) just this seems fun (laughs) And, and and, and I really I liked it you know I liked it way better than the development process because you just you know you don't have those voices saying like this is pretty stupid or whatever it is
0: yeah i mean that's what comes across in the pilot is that you do feel I sense that you're having fun writing it. That it is you know and, and that's a great thing that you don't always get when you read pilots. it's what I look for when I'm choosing pilots for this was like, does this feel like the writer's actually having a good time that's writing great. writing this or does it feel like they are trying to answer notes and, right, and like please and service you know, the beast since Almost all of these, except for this one, have been developed. You often get (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, You you often do get the, you you can sense the the lines, the scenes, were just, you know, OK, this is probably the one where they were trying to answer a note. uh, Yeah. But um, in this one, obviously, you weren't really Dealing uh, with any of that, yeah. And, and, and well, that maybe the play does come across.
1: Yeah, it's very much the closest to the, the plays that I would write. It's like that, and then it was that was part of the cool thing about the reading was the actors seem to be enjoying themselves, and I don't, you know, spend a lot of time with actors, so I never really know what is going to make them happy or like enjoy an, a reading or uh, like a project, and to see them. Sort of having some fun, it made me think of yeah. I guess it was fun for me to do to just to, just to be sort of silly.
0: Yeah, and the characters are clear, and those actors are having fun because you gave them a very clear path. Like those characters are well established, and the dynamic between the two women is <laughs> is so great, and they so they just fall into that. Just the lines just led them there, and Rob Five Thousand. I feel like that there's a line I love where he's talking about his former owner and she's like, but she just really needed me to get, get out of there because she really needed her goddamn face <laughs> and, and saying yeah. it so cheerily. it's just like, that's that character is established so quickly early um, on. Yeah. And so Jason just knew, you know, it was very clear how to play it and he could just relax and have a great time.
1: He did it. such a good job. I was so proud of that because like I had, I didn't give him. I didn't give him any direction, no, and it just, know, just sort of came across. It was
0: just completely cold, totally cold reading. Totally cold reading. I don't know how you felt, but what I was hearing it was just like that's these are just that's how all these lines should be read. Like everyone's just nailing these. They get it. Yeah. They
1: were so good. I was so I was so impressed by the acting. I have to say, like I didn't know what to expect. I you know, and they were so, they were all so funny and talented. I thought. Uh, yeah, you it's know. the
0: magic of real comedy actors. Actors, I mean, yeah. It's, just, it's so great. I'm um, impressed. So how much thought, because you did write it, how much thought did you give to series and where this would go?
1: Well, I mean some in the sense that like, it. you know at one point my husband came on to direct it and he and I pitched it uh, a couple times and we had sort of an idea of where the series would go and and, like I was sort of saying in the reading, we we made it to like a few places. And then I was the one who was like, "I don't know if I want to keep pitching this. It felt very much to me like trying to to push a square peg into a round hole where and I when listening to a couple of these podcasts, you hear this a lot where it's like two cable for network and two network for cable. And it felt like that, like there was so many discussions about like, are they gonna fuck it? How many times are they gonna fuck it? Right. Is that gonna be a big source of the comedy, like? And <laughs> if they don't fuck it, is it still <laughs> worth it? Like, there was so much about that I thought, oh, maybe like, and just having those conversations made me realize, like, we shouldn't be trying to sell this to network at all. So
0: you were pitching it to the networks.
1: I w- yes, we pitched it. I think we pitched it to ABC and NBC. And, and
0: they're all fixated on: Are these girls having sex? Well, with do, this it
1: girl? came <laughs> up a lot, and I think it also came up wisely. Like, are they? Is this a realist? Is this a love story? There were some major flaws in the pilot, which is like: Is it a love story between the girls, or one of the girls and and the robot? Or is it a, is it a friendship story between the girls and? You know, ultimately, like, when you watch Weird Science, Kelly LeBrock comes in, and it's to help. I mean, not that that movie holds up <laughs> to the to the microscope of time, but she's there to help them with girls in their real life, and then she disappears. It's not like they're going and having a lo- lovely life with Kelly LeBrock. So I was like, is he Kelly LeBrock? Is he, like, genuinely, is it like, you know, I just couldn't tell is is this is this a love story and and I think a lot of the questions that we got trying to sell it made me really I think doubt it
0: so you at the point that you were trying to sell it it was just a pitch or had you written it and I had written it you had written yeah it.
1: I had written it and so they read it and i and I think the fact that they had the ability to say yes or no made it made it quite easy because they could be like, we don't want to do a robot thing. And this is, I mean, this is like five years ago, so, or four years ago, I don't know, but maybe that wasn't the appetite of the business at the time and it may not even be now, but I do think like it, um, it just wasn't something that, that fit that mold. And then I had to sort of decide, well, what mold do I want it to fit? And at at the end of the day, I just, like well I like it and that's enough you know and if it never sees the light of day that's okay
0: so do you feel like you have clarity now I and mean, is it is it a friendship story is it I mean is Rob a protagonist in some way is he going to grow and change and is that would that have been where it would have gone or is it really about the two
1: I think it was about I mean it was really just about like how lonely they all are and sort of like the mistakes that you make in trying to like rectify that you know and I think with um Rob being a robot there is no happy ending so I think it would have been sort of a sweet like kind of a bittersweet I guess love story I think between the main girl and him if only just because that's kind of cool that it's never going to work but you'll just keep kind of exploring how do you deal with your loneliness when the only thing that makes you feel better is not even real you know right so i just i think like it could have had something but but i don't know you know the the the, the business is so different now i think like
0: so you at the time were you were pitching to cable streaming places too or just no, re- you just I pitched no i think
1: i just pitched networks it was all it was like a really like a weird week where i was just <laughs> like oh what am i doing with this and then you know i'm a big believer and i think And once once something kind of has not the stink of rejection on it, but once something, you kind of have to let it go. Like, I'm not going to be a dog with a bone about it, you know, because I think, well, that's maybe the world saying no thank you. And then maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, but I do feel like, yeah, I, I don't. I, if somebody, if it ever, if anything ever happens with it, hopefully it will be because someone really likes it, not because like I'm trying to sell something that that's, you know, not
0: right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you, we talked a little bit before that there was a real sex episode. Yes. Um, and your love of Romy and Michelle. I love Romy um, and Michelle <laughs> and
1: I love real sex. But I do think, yeah, it was, there was, I think there was a movie. The Lars and the real girl had come right. out, and um, there is there was something... I be mean, her with, with mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix, I don't think that had come out yet. I'm not sure, but it was sort of in the air, and, and that episode, seeing the, the female sex dolls was so fascinating. There's a really great book that I love by a writer named Alyssa Nutting called Made for Love that features... A relationship a character has with a sex doll and it's so funny and in some ways I feel like seeing um, seeing it done really well it makes me think like okay you know maybe uh, maybe this wasn't that great <laughs> so, so I don't know it wasn't really about that it was more just like oh that's an idea that I could maybe write you yeah. know writing is just so hard it's just if you have a an idea for anything even if it means nothing to you just go for it right down it, that road do
0: you feel like that's kind of what you've experience has taught you is that the the most important thing about an idea is just how how into it you are yeah
1: yeah for sure that's the number one lesson because I think anytime that I've tried to write something where I wanted to be into it and wasn't it's it's obvious it's like when, kind you're,
0: of. when you're forcing when it, when you're right?
1: forcing it, yeah. There's nothing worse than than voices that are kind of forced into places they're not supposed to be, and you're just like, oh gosh.
0: And so, was this? I mean, did this script come easily? Did it?
1: it yeah, I mean, more so than than those development I mean, I things. It wrote comes fast. Yeah, yeah, it. I wrote it faster than than most than most things, and and that's always I feel like a pretty good sign. I mean, it doesn't mean everything, but I like that's a that feeling. Um, whatever you're in the zone that creative
0: right. thing that
1: never ever happens and when it does once in a billion years you enjoy it
0: yeah how much did that the commercial because i just love that whole infomercial for the for the rock. for the that, one of the early yeah uh,
1: I think that was like 17 pages at one point. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Even now when you read it, you're like, this is a large portion. <laughs> this person is really into this weird cable commercial that doesn't exist. I mean, it's always such a giveaway to like, people's ages when they reference cable access because you're like that that's so that doesn't exists. even exist those things like, definitely exist <laughs> it's so not you No, know, they are there. i was in a hotel relevant. room
0: there and i was just going it was late and it was just like there were tons of those things well so that's good it's that's still good. a thing i
1: it's, do but i i think it is so I, I but i watch weird tv so who knows yeah
0: no for sure yeah but yeah that whole sequence is great and uh, you know that that character of Ivan, I don't know that you you know whether you had ideas of that. You right. know, who you know which characters would continue in series. I don't know if you had thought right. that. Yeah, hard. I
1: wanted him to come back. He was like a couple in different passes. He was a couple different things, but I wanted. Yeah, I mean, he like everyone. He's just like another lonely person. Like I just I wanted everyone to be very lonely. Right. And and Rob is this innocent, and he doesn't have the same level of bitterness as everyone else and it kind of you know gets them to to change hopefully but Ivan yeah he was definitely someone who like could have helped in some way
0: yeah but that loneliness I guess it is what it, it is a the zeitgeist I mean part of this idea is it is talking about how disconnected we are right yeah the loneliness of people and um, I mean, there are those futurists who are predicting, like, how, what percentage of, in the future, what percentage of sex is going to be had with non human. Right. Non-human, you know, <laughs> right. Um, that we are headed, but it's, you know, those stories are mostly about men yeah. and female sex robots.
1: Right. Yeah. There's so many gross reasons for all <laughs> of that discussion to take place. But I do, I think a lot of it is, too, like, the whole, like, uh, social media all that kind of stuff you know it doesn't seem like people it's a d- d- dumb observation but it doesn't seem like people are getting less lonely it seems yeah, like they sure. are definitely getting more lonely and I think writing it was a little bit of my ideas about that where you know it doesn't necessarily hurt to not participate in those kinds of you know t- technological things mm-hmm. as far as just, if it says it's it's great for everybody, maybe it isn't, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, because no, you're not a social media person.
1: I'm not. What is the, <laughs> Luddite, is that the word? Yeah. I don't think I'm a Luddite, but I don't do it only because I, well, for a lot of reasons, but it just seems to be, like, a bad idea. <laughs> I haven't heard a good argument for why. And there was, it just, yeah, I think it, it, it exaggerate it exacerbates loneliness, I think. and you see um, maybe there are examples where people have really like come together because of it, but I don't I don't see seems those. Like it, it seems, seems the bad. opposite is sure. pretty sure. obvious. And I, I do think like there was a point where I was on Facebook. I th- I mean it was around maybe even around misguided time. But for for you know a period of a few months, and just even looking back, I'm just so like embarrassed by how lame I seem, and just like why do that, you know? And and even the time spent on that was just like such a waste to the relationships in my real life. And I'm not an extrovert, so maybe that's just a, that's just something I just will never understand. But I do think. It was so yeah. It was so not for me. And then, and then to be able to write this, pilot, which is kind of like weirdly, pro technology, I guess, if you consider that he represents that. But he's, you know, I don't know, yeah.
0: Yeah, but it is. I mean, there's there's very few, good relationships. I mean, the only real relationship is those two women. You know, yeah, they they really are friends, but but sure I can't remember which is with Richard the married. Guy. Right. That's right. a horrible relationship. His marriage is a horrible relationship. Right. And Jen are just, just That's a not a real totally, relationship. Um, yeah. But those two women are really there for each other.
1: Right. Yeah, I think that if I was to go back into the to the script now, I would I would um focus on that a bit more, you know, just the the friendship of the girls. But I also think there's a place in time in your life where sometimes the closest people to you are just out of circumstance and it just happens to be your roommate in, when you're 27 or whatever and you don't really have anything in common but you are you know bonded by kind of suffering side by side right. and that, that I don't know I think that's kind of sweet I guess
0: yeah so what are your thoughts on developing TV shows now in this, you know, this landscape obviously has completely changed since Misguided. Yeah. You know, you've seen this total turnaround, and when you look at the world yeah. of TV that we're living in now. Yeah. What, what do you think about, you know, in that, terms of creating shows?
1: I feel, I think we were just talking about this before, I feel like... It, you know, there's this pressure to do it, to just like create a show, to have a show, instead of saying, oh, this is, a, this is special to me, or this is something I really want to write, or this is good. People just sort of create things because, or maybe the, I feel the pressure to create things just because you can, or you, it's everyone is doing that. And I just feel like if you don't, have to the best thing to do is always wait. Right. Wait until something is worth your time, you know? And obviously if you have to feed your family, you write a piece of shit and sell it and do, <laughs> do a great job. But I do feel like you know, the it's better just to wait. You see these, you know, things that took people years and years to make and then they come out and you're like, "Wow, that was so worth the wait." As opposed to certain things that just that have that that feeling of Oh, this person had a meeting, and then it became this thing. And then and even the part person of this, who the did churn. it, yeah, part of the yeah. churn, Even the person who did it is probably a bit sad. Right. you know, right. so hopefully I'll just be waiting until that, you know, doing other things until until like a, you know, I, I enjoy helping other people on their shows and doing it. But as far as like creating something for myself, you know, there's always, time I feel like for that
0: yeah and this is a little outside of the dead pilots thing but you've been on so many staffs yeah um and staffs of really good shows and I mean what are any bits of wisdom you think you've gotten from how you know you've come into a lot of new shows and, and moved from show to show what yeah. What advice? Because we have a lot of writers. Yeah, I assume so, who so, else yeah. is listening? Yeah. I, Lovers I, of comedy. Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true. Um, my parents. No, mm-hmm. I think um, I, well, just as far as staffs, I, I always think of the, the shows that I've been on in terms of where I was in my life at the time and sort of what a, if it was a positive experience or a negative experience. Like, I never look at, the quality of the show as a barometer for whether or not the experience was good or bad. So there are certain shows, I did a show, worked on a show called Up All Night that was, you know, th- that didn't last forever, but it was a time where I met some really good friends on that show. And because of the state that the show was in, I got to do a lot. So I have really positive feelings about that particular show and that particular staff, you know? Whereas if you ask anyone else on that staff or other stuff, they, everyone has their own experience of it. But I would say, my if I had to give advice, which I would be embarrassed to do at all, it would be to pick jobs based on how happy you will be, not based on what it will look like on your IMDb page. Because also, half this work we do isn't on the IMDb page. Huh. Nobody is judging you except yourself. And I think, you know, I I don't know. I, I, I just think people take a lot of jobs where they know they're going to be miserable and then they're miserable and wonder why. And then, you know, I also want to say some jobs are super, like, maybe not the coolest show in the world, but if you had a great year or a great experience that's worth doing again you know so i don't know what my advice actually is I'm just rambling but <laughs> no, no. don't I, I, commute that's the other thing <laughs> try to live by the, yeah, the job
0: a little bit hard to do to, to <laughs> yeah pull off I, I
1: feel like that at this point in my life like <laughs> it has got to be a pretty great opportunity to get me yeah. like within 10 i don't know that, there's a radius that's the
0: real fruit of the success and experience that you have is that you can get to the point where you're like, you can turn down a job yeah. over the career. Saying commute.
1: no, I mean, honestly, that, if nothing else, saying no is such a good idea. Saying no to your own need to, like, put your, I don't know. I just, actually, it doesn't really make sense because I said no to this podcast initially, <laughs> and now I've done it, and I'm glad I did it. But I do think, being, just being selective. Yeah, (laughs) being selective. Wait for it it to mean something, or, you know, who knows?
0: Yeah. Well, it was... I'm so glad you finally decided to do it, because I loved hearing it. I love this pilot, and uh, it was great talking to you.
1: You too. Thanks, Thanks,
0: Andrew. Okay, I hope you enjoyed that reading and the interview. Thank you, Ben Blacker, uh, for everything. Uh, Most especially... All the casting, all the very hard work that goes into casting these things. Thanks to everyone at Dynasty Typewriter at the Hayworth Theater. Thank you to Noah Findling uh, for editing these episodes, coordinating scripts and many other things, running music cues, everything else, running our social media. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a rating. Also, follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram and Facebook at Dead Pilot Society. If you really don't want to miss one of our live shows. I'm telling you, it's really fun. Uh, we'll be back at the Hayworth Theater sometime in September. Until then, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening.